episode of Vampires and Vitae. Unfortunately, COVID has taken my entire household. Uh, my, I'm doing fine. My mom's doing fine. And so is the wonderful Melinda. Uh, but we just couldn't have people over safely currently. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't jump into something a lot of fun. We got to have access to the incredible, the unscrupable. Gerald. Uh, he's the uh, runner and uh, head voice of the Pop Culture Cosmos. That's all of your pop culture needs when it comes to uh, any kind of video games, things in the news, uh, cool nerd stuff when it comes to either tabletop, RPGs, and or video games. He's also a great fan of basketball. If you're looking, especially for the Lakers, you can check him out. I'll let him introduce himself, though. Gerald, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, but I'm also a great fan of the vampires and Vitae. Hey. We're talking to two vampires right now? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's so weird, right? Well, we're both chocolate. I also like the fact that he called me unscrupulous. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone had to at least once in your life, right, Joe? Uh, you know, if you look it up in the dictionary, unscrupulous is having or showing no morals or principles are not honest or fair. Oh, dear. <laughs> now, well, <laughs> Well, that might be true. Well, then I'm sorry. <laughs> then I guess you're scrupulous instead of unscrupulous. He has no, all of his scruples. Uh, uh, our, the purposes of this show, let's go with unscrupulous. All okay. right. Just for a little bit of vampire fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You did drop the Joe Rogan joke before we went on air. Oh, well, gosh. You know what? That's... His scruples are very much in question. He just got 200 mil from, from, you know, from Spotify. I, well, apparently, scruples are on a premium right now, so it certainly pays. That's for yeah. Sure. Dang. Uh, you know what? It's been another great season so far for for both of you. Again, every time I you you both go ahead and you know, when I see you, you know, I mean, you show it out there when you put it out there on the streaming ventures, when you put it out on Twitch, when you put it out on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook channel, when you put it out there on on Vampires of Vitae, and you get the responses that you get. First off, this show, the, the amazing thing about it is something that I like to talk about with Melinda off air about how our show is doing on Fridays on the Pop Culture Cosmos. And that is we like to have a lot of fun. And the first thing that would, what gravitates you towards your show is the fact that you and your collective, your, your entire group, seems to have a great time. Oh. It comes through on the podcast your time. Just tell me in a little bit of detail. What a joy it is for you and Melinda to go ahead each week and bring this great show into other people's homes and make sure everybody knows out there what a great time you have in doing it. Well, to be honest, we actually hate each other. I mean, That's awesome. obviously. Yeah. I mean, the, and that'll be the end of the show. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, in fact, we're using this moment to uh, publicly talk about our divorce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Could you is, imagine? Oh, oh my God. Man. No, um, really, when it comes down to that, uh, I wish that that was my secret sauce. Uh, I wish that that's something that I could inject into into the actual podcast itself because that means I could actually distill friendship. Uh, the reason that we all have fun is because it's a game first. We'd be doing this without recording it. In fact, that's how we all started in the first place. It's just a bunch of people that get a, get around a table and enjoy. In fact, uh, Melinda specifically, she runs a show on Monday that's a tabletop game as well. Not online, but actual people coming over and enjoying the entire, you know, just being with each other. Last week, 
we didn't we played like 45 minutes of the game yeah the rest of the time was chit chats yeah yeah and you know what that's amazing for a home game that is i mean like in fact that is the secret sauce it's just that you enjoy the people around your table i mean that's why the hobby became a hobby in the first place amazing job i mean well i think what goes into it is, is a lot of preparation time I know Melinda and I have spoken about how much time and effort you both put into the show. Melinda's told me, and actually, see, we sometimes have a race on uh, Friday mornings. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Hold on. I don't know about this race. What is this yes. race? Because, you know, Melinda and I record right now on Thursday nights uh, the PCC. Ah, yes, yes. At the same time, after it's done, we have a kind of a race, an informal race between her and I. Who gets their show done first? (laughs) (laughs) But we're still talking about three or four in the morning. So to think about when you have somebody editing their show and putting it out there at two, three, or four o'clock in the morning, to have the dedication and time each and every week to do that to you needs to be commended and appreciated. She tells me about how she does this, you know, on her off time at work. She tells me how she does this on her off time, you know, during the house, you know, when she's with you and when she's just. Or when you're at work. She just tells me the time that and effort she puts into this each and every week. I see her on social media for Vampires and Vitae. It's a tremendous job that she and you put into the show. You each and every week hosting it and trying to keep all these crazies in check. <laughs> you know, that's a feast that's a feat in and of itself. Right in you. check. Just, you be, yeah, you just, he you says you in check. <laughs> yes. Well, okay, you kinda keep Oh, no, yeah. that's that's a wonderful being. That's a wonderful part about being a uh, one of the insane <coughs> asylum people in the madhouse that's been take over, taken over by all of us are crazy. The hard work really comes from Melinda. Um, I could come up with, uh, w- I could come up with Shakespeare. I could come up with. I could have some of the best uh, lines landed by you know any uh, pick an actor, choose it. Like it could be perfect. If it wasn't recorded correctly, if it wasn't edited correctly, if the, you know, if, I mean, something so small as there's a setting on when you're editing audio that catches everything. So as I'm speaking, if you have the wrong setting on, you would hear <gasps> in between every single phrase that I have. Yeah, the, I mean, the noise gate issue that yeah, we right? faced. I mean, yeah, like, that was bad. And that's something that we've dealt with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, uh, I mean, uh, what I what I do is I try every single week to uh, take in as me- as much of the atmosphere as I can, listen to different books, listen to different uh, different podcasts, watch people like Mercer, like just be a god at his craft. Or, I mean, you can you can go through all these different things that I well, do. Well, Jason to, Carl for L.A. Well, by of Night. Of course, man. Yeah, and which you, is about to launch with uh, New York by Night. Did you know that? I did not know yeah. this one. So, I mean, like, well, those are the things that, like, I do to prep. You know, of course I write, of course I come up with stuff, I, you know, but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, I mean, th- there is no podcast without somebody making it a podcast. I mean, that is way harder. Just think about, like, a three-hour episode. She, that means that she has to be part of the episode. That's three hours right there. Then just to gate it, just to listen through it to make sure that it works, it's an additional three hours. To edit it, you're going to add uh, one hour per every hour that you uh, edit. So that's another six hours. And then she's got to add music to it, which is going to be another hour and a half if she has good notes. 
So, I mean, truly, the, the, the hero here is Belinda. And that's not just because I don't want to be kicked out of my bed tonight. But I mean, like, <laughs> but the, the true hero, the hard work, because I've had to do it a couple times. It's way more fun to sit in the chair and just make stupid <laughs> noises compared to sitting down and try to get rid of a bark or a sneeze in the background. Uh, I'll tell you what, it comes through each and every week. What I wanted to ask you first off is, how did you two come up with this crazy scheme, this incredible idea that is now a weekly podcast that everybody needs to check out in Vampires and Beat? Oh, God, wife, I think that you were the driving force there. Well, okay, so at the time, I had been doing uh, Wizards and Wine, which is my D&D podcast, uh, which is relaunching this year. We don't need to talk about that now, though. Um, or do we? I'm just kidding. Shameless plug. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's okay. Um, but uh, so I had been working on that podcast. I think at the time it had been about a year. Did we have a year in? Yeah. Oddly enough, I was kind of your tech bunny back then. Yeah, you definitely, you gave me a really good like notes and, and stuff like that on the show. Uh, what happened was um, we, I came down to Las Vegas in, gosh, was it 2020? Through about three years ago. Yeah. Wow. It was, my gosh, what, five days after I landed here that the whole world shut down? Mm. It was wow. St. Patrick's Day. Remember, yeah, when all of that happened at the very, very beginning of, of all of the lockdown measures and stuff like that. Uh, I was working still in radio back in Canada at the time, and they gave me the okay to work from here, which let me do my radio show from Robbie's closet. <laughs> and... We eventually came to the conclusion that uh, we were going to be bored as heck. So we kind of created some household bubbles um, between us and Tyler, who's still in season two, and Sarah, who was with us for season one. Um, and they came over, my gosh, it must have been every night for well, a while. There was nothing else to do. Absolutely nothing else to do. So they would come over and we would just play vampire. And it got to the point where we were like, okay, maybe this is something that we should be recording. Yeah. So then we started to record, um, and this was already halfway through the Las Vegas arc, part of the Lost Tapes. Oh, God. Did they actually start recording? Yeah. Probably like four in. Yeah. Four so and, at and that then, point, those were six-hour episodes. Though, yeah, so. they really were, because we would just, I mean, we would just go for hours because we had nothing else to do. Nobody had anywhere to be. Nobody was worried about getting up for work. So that's really kind of how we cut our teeth with it. And uh, we decided to make it a podcast just to see what would happen. Yeah. By the way, our first mic stands were red solo cups. Yes. We cut a oh. hole in them and we put the microphone down through it with the cable coming up underneath the cup and oh, there, they there were was, duct taped. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, we had gaffing tape. We, we did. We did. Yeah. We you're class. right. We had yeah, gaffing right. tape. Yeah. No, it, it, it was it was not nearly what you're looking on here. Uh, actually, to tell you the truth, what really brought it to fruition is that we were just having so much fun. Yeah. It's always like a nice being like, oh, wouldn't this be cool if we did something? Like, it finally got good enough that we're like, you know what? We probably should record it. You know, yeah. Like, I think that's really where, that's when all the, I mean, some of the extra, the better equipment, getting out of solo cups. I mean, better equipment. <laughs> no solo cups. Right, yeah. <laughs> we had our very first person who wasn't connected to us at all reach out. And you hear us talk about uh, our Winnipeg kids. So Emily uh, up in Winnipeg found us 
and shared our podcast with a couple of her friends. And they've become almost like our checks and balances. We check in with them. How are you enjoying the show? What did you think of this week? Sure. sure. <laughs> you know, um, I go to them with uh, a lot of questions. We've actually uh, done a lot of D&D prep work together between myself and, and uh, the three of them. Um, so uh, they've really actually become as well behind the scenes. Sure. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Compatriots? Behind the scenes facilitator. Yeah. I, like I think that that's a good too. word. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, as long as it doesn't mean like you have no morals. What else did I call you? <laughs> as long as they're not unscrupulous. Low down, dirty dog. Yeah, right? <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah, that, that, that's my label there. Don't take my label away from me. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, uh, you, you, you both do such a great job. Again, and this show has been such a success since you started it. I'm really, 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 really happy for your success with the show. But this season brought new challenges over the course of what you did off your first successful season. This season brought a whole array of new challenges, including two new faces this season. So tell me a little bit more about the new faces coming in and what challenges were made because of it. My biggest fear about season one was that all of my favorite writers and directors and whatnot, they, they seem to have a similar problem as they, they ask you a lot of great questions, but they have no way of ending them. Um, for example, Lost. Like, a Abrams is incredible when it comes to asking a question, and there's probably no one better for a setup. But I, I still haven't watched anything of his that I enjoyed his answer. And I was terrified, absolutely positively terrified that I'd asked too many questions and um, that I just wasn't going to have a payoff. Well, uh, thankfully, at least uh, in my eyes, and I think that at least the cast's eyes, uh, I was able to close out season one with something that was, first of all, made sense. And if you're a DM out there and your story actually makes sense, you're killing it. You really are. <laughs> you know, like if you're homebrewing everything and, and you're coming up with it from scratch and, and it really just like lines up and like, yep, that story goes from A, B, C, and D. And you're like, yep, you answered a lot of the questions that you proposed. You know, like you've already succeeded. So like I had that. So in this season, I, I'm having an interesting time trying to ask questions that maybe I don't have answers to yet. Because you gotta remember, last season was two and a half years that we kind of ran, right? But, yeah. I mean, so there was a long time to do it. So I'm in, instead of trying to get to where I was last season, like for the ending and trying to make sure that everything ties up and uh, and like neats nicely, it's, it's been difficult to try to remind myself that you can start asking these questions as long as you have a way to finish them. Uh, with the new players, the new players have been amazing. Uh, it's a it's a breath of fresh air every single time that they're on the uh, on the air with me. Uh, neither one of them are combat, like not positive, but like they're not built for combat. One of them like looks into blood, and the other one like looks into technology. It's not exactly. Oh my gosh! A bunch is, of... is Esther the only like calm? No. No. They. they Day. Uh, they, sorry, they Liam. Like, yeah, yeah, Liam. Uh, yeah. Liam can shoot stuff, but uh, other than that, oh, he does so, more than shoot stuff. So some of the fun parts have been trying to figure out a way to make like blood work interesting. You know, what I mean, like, what happens when you have a hematologist, like, and you need to make that an interesting plot? 
or what what happens when you have a hacker which looks great in the movies but to try to describe it like on air you know kind of can get repetitive so finding new ways to uh deal with different expectations when it comes to playing style uh, it's been a tremendous ride for both of you so far adding the new players in there it's been so great to hear each and every time out or so great to see i'm hoping everybody gets a chance again to see everything that goes on each and every week when you both are up there at empires of vitae or pop culture cosmos on facebook i mean this new challenge coming in to not only going ahead and providing an audio podcast each week and also streaming I mean, bringing that as far as providing a visual look to this as well oh god what's you're... been the challenge or what's been the work that you both have had to do in order to bring, to make this possible god i could ask you the same question man you're doing the same thing as we're doing right now it's 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 a lot of catch and release you know I what just i mean steal somebody else's show and just add my label to oh it. bullshit and you know that i mean you are the gooey wonderful center of of so much of our lives and trust me you are outrageously appreciated for that you are unscrupulous that's why you're gooey no um really just a lot of trial by fire Failure is one of our best uh, exports. If you do something wrong long enough, eventually it's going to come out right. Um, some of the, I mean, technically wise, God, we've changed our camera setup. <laughs> technically wise, we started with three, no, two iPhones and an Android. Yes. Using those cameras. Yeah, now that we've got, no, I mean, it, it just, uh, <laughs> it is, it, uh, all of our successes are built on horrific failures it's incredibly true yeah. um that's not just when it comes to our tech side that comes with some of our uh if you listen to especially first season there's a couple episodes in there that are made specifically because we lost the entire week of audio so we had to figure out interesting ways to make that make sense and yeah. fit into the narrative like and poor tyler um he came up with this entire plan to break into um well, gosh what was that was that the path underneath the Nile that we yeah. were trying to get mm -hmm. through. He came up with this whole like elaborate plan of how we were going to do it and how we were going to approach it. And he had these incredible, like detailed thoughts and plans on how we were going to execute it. I went to edit the audio and I was horrified. It recorded through my laptop audio instead of through the board and the microphones. So Robbie came up with the genius answer for that to polish a turd and make it a rose, we decided that uh, we would set it up. So the Sedites had put um, listening equipment. listening devices, bugs, thank you, um, bugs into the place where our characters were all staying. So they were hearing bits and pieces of the conversation where I could get the best audio. So I would pull that audio out and they laid it between like radio static and the sounds of, you know, something being tuned in so you can hear it better. And, um, I mean, I, I would that say was that, the only save. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think the best thing that can happen to you in this space is just <laughs> almost embarrassing failure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if you really, if you want to do this uh, at all in any way, shape, or form, or at your table, too, that I think it's actually completely applicable. Uh, I've always, like, prescribed, too, it's much, it's much more interesting for the story and the plot and for the character if you roll a one compared to rolling a 20. Yeah. I mean, it just uh, it, it just makes more interesting back and forths. It makes more interesting choices. 
failure is a good thing. And the only way that you're going to figure out what works for you is by doing every single thing that doesn't work for you first and keeping the things that keep your head above water. So that, I mean, I, I wish that I could, I could say that I just walked in and we knew exactly what to do the moment that we started into the space, but that is an outrageous lie. We still, we still, I'm still not sure about our camera placement right now for the live stream. I'm still not sure about it. I still look at it and go, hmm. Like, how can we change that and, and improve that? And I'm how can we make that a little bit better? I'm still expecting just the camera focus only on my, like, bald spot in the back of my oh, head. Oh, are you kidding I mean, me? I've had, I we've had started the stream. <laughs> and it was like half of your face was on stream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that all that being said, we have something like 87 episodes on season one, something mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. Right now, what are we on? Like uh, 22. We just did our 22nd last week. S so long longevity in the face of failure uh, will get you to some level of success. Well, you're doing a great job indeed with everything that I'm seeing and hearing every time I check you out. The Vampires and Vitae. One of the things I did want to ask you, though, was the choices in narrative on how you come to naming an episode. Oh, God. I, I know for me, especially for Pop Culture Cosmos, I, I usually frame it into three different questions or three different statements I make to title the episodes, which is, is extremely hard to do when you're editing at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's oh very God. true, yeah. yeah. Um, but what what goes into it when you name it these episodes? That's a Melinda question. Yeah. Um, in season one, one of my absolute favorite things to do was to find a song title that fit with what happened in the episode and kind of match them together. Like we had uh, a character go and do like a private dance for an NPC. So we titled that one, I'll Be Your Private Dancer. Thank you, Miss Tina. Mm -hmm. Hallowed be her name. Mm. Um, and then, uh, gosh, we had All Around the Mulberry Bush. Uh, that one was oh, titled after uh, a specific thing that happened um, in that episode. Um, really, what it's come down to lately is just the, the one line, one liner from somebody at the table, uh, you know. Like disconnection from, like what doesn't sound like it makes sense but like in context makes great sense kind of that statement that you're like well i never thought i'd put those words together exactly um yeah i have no i have nothing to do with that aspect of it in fact uh, if you listen to some of our episodes you'll hear people call out like well that's an episode title uh we very rarely use the well that's an episode title uh title it's just stuff that was said that just God, where else would you ever hear somebody say those words in that particular fashion? Yeah, uh, like I've got, um, even I even take notes in, in episode titles that don't make it. Like the, I had a, a collection of caitiffs for an episode title that I don't think we used. Mm -hmm. um, more destruction means more death. I definitely didn't use that one. That's way too heavy. Um, oh, what? there's your squat rotund woman. There's the note about her. Um, oh, God, wife. I'm a vampire, not a puppy. Yeah, very true. That was a good one. Um, yeah, so it really, uh, for season two, it's just come out of like really great moments uh, that we've had around the table where more often than not, it landed in somebody breaking into laughter at the table. Yeah. And uh, Well, I mean, my first audience is you guys at the table. So yeah. if, if, something is, if something is working or something is funny or whatever have you, like I, I, I almost have like a, 
perfect way to test it if it was funny or not just by the people that are already sitting around me let alone what we're going to edit it with and add music to or blah 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 so it's nice to almost have a test group sitting around you oh in season one too there was walking on sunshine the episode where they were oh, yeah, putting bullet holes through the yep. plane and we mm -hmm. were dodging the rays of sun mm -hmm. that was cool anyway sorry it was a thought. It had to come out of my mouth before I forgot it. I know, beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I have a question for you, Robbie. All right. Um, so, because vampires, we live... Uh, we live. <laughs> Let me disassociate for a second. Um, they live, right, forever. So, how have you found including season one characters into season two as NPC, but kind of player characters who still have free agency to, to make some of those decisions and have conversations with PCs. Like, how have you tried to navigate that? Because I can't imagine. That's just trusting people around your, uh, around your table. Um, you know, if, if I hand off the microphone either to you and or Tyler in that specific uh, scenario. For Day or Autumn. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, whatever you say becomes canon, right? Right. And I think that comes down to play style or DM style. Um, for example, let's Whoa. say yeah, let's say that um, the the players decided to go check out a warehouse, right? And none of my stuff is at this warehouse. None of my setups are at this warehouse. None of my set pieces are at this warehouse. They've just got a wild hair up their ass. They think this is the clue that leads them towards wherever the story is leading them, that, that makes the most sense to them. Well, my DM style is that, yes, you do find something there, even if there isn't anything in my head that lives in that warehouse. The way that I like to DM is that you'll find the thing, keep on looking, you know what I mean? Like, should you throw red herrings out there? Sure, they're a lot of fun. Should you have, um, you know, entry ways that have no exits? Of course. That makes, that makes sure that their agency is still there. But if they want to obsess about a certain thing, just be, be able to morph your story around that. You know, just be able to grab what that is and whatever they're enjoying the most is probably the thing that is, you know, the most exciting for not just them, but in our particular scenario, the, the audience at home. So I, I try really hard to, even if they're not going in the direction that I thought they would go, try to build what I do know that the story needs to finally land on, try to make their story their story, because they're the heroes. Well, I mean, pseudo-heroes, but Hopefully heroes. Hopefully heroes. Yeah. <laughs> you both have done an amazing job with the series so far to this point. The thing I think everybody wants to know is, what are your goals with this as far as where do you want to take this story, you know, how much further do you think it'll go? Oh, I can guarantee you this is going to be the last season of Vampires and Vitae. What? Uh, I'm ending this as Vampires and Vitae. I, I, I've already... I mean, of course you don't know the ending, but I know where... I know, I know my through line, and I know the themes that I want to watch the characters walk through and experience and see where their humanity or, and or lack of uh, takes them. Uh, and there's no logical sense to make another Vampires uh, and Vitae that is in the same universe after this. Uh, but I will 
uh, take, uh, I'm not walking away from uh, this particular, you know, setting. I'm just going to start something new. I think that uh, these characters are going to more than just get their fair shake. I'm going to answer all the questions that I have uh, still left from the air from season one that were purposely left and try to answer all the questions I have here. Um, I think it's going to be very satisfying for all the players to finally get a an exact finish of my world. And then I, I'm really looking forward to, not, not in a hurry, but really looking forward to working on something else and something different and not being beholden to my own lore. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You're not done after this. No, no, I'm definitely It's just the end of this else. kind of universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the, All right. uh, the, Gosh, you scared me. Yeah, no, no. The vampires in Vitae, <laughs> uh, the, the uni- this universe is, uh, th- this ends this season. Which is great. I'm actually, like, like I said in the beginning of the interview, uh, the one thing I don't like about all my favorite people is they have a hard time finishing. Like, I want to finish strong. I want it to feel cathartic. I want the audience to enjoy it. I want especially the players to love it because they're the ones sitting you know, around me right. <laughs> and, uh, and allowing me to spot off nonsense for four hours to them every week. So, I mean, like, I want that to be cathartic. I don't want there to be... You know, like, oh, you'll see next year in. Like, no, I, I think that, I, I think for what I have planned for this season, this will be the last of this universe. But I, I cannot wait to do something else. Maybe I'll do Warhammer. Maybe I'll do, you know, there's a there's a million things. Uh, cyberpunk. Maybe I, I have no idea what the next project is. But uh, I do know it's probably going to be a year. So, I mean, no one's jumping off a cliff yet. But this will be the conclusion of this universe. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah, no yeah, exclusive. Oh, my God. In fact, I don't think even a wife knew that. No, I did not. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about later. Oh, no. So if there's a season three, we know who won. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about season three right now, then. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I don't win many arguments. We are having our season three, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, that's funny. Uh, this will be fun and a wonderful way to put you on the spot. I would like to, and Gerald, you can play along with this as well as somebody who has, uh, you know, checked out an episode or two. Uh, If you'd like, you can join in. Um, I'm going to give you a character's name, and I want you to give me some word association for them. Okay. Gerald, this would be fun, too, to get, like, a point of view of somebody who's not, like, around our table with us when we play. Um, Okay, let's start with uh, the obvious one. Frank. Labrador. A Labrador? Yeah. Like as in a golden lab? Well, no. I mean like... Or a yellow lab, sorry. A yellow lab. Yeah, I mean like because he's the sweetest thing in the world, but have you ever seen a Labrador take care of its owner and like guard the house? Like they're vicious as hell. They just <laughs> happen to be amazing with people. Okay. Like uh, like very strong, outrageously loyal, do anything possible for you. But at the end of the day, it's a giant, powerful beast that will do anything for its family. Okay. Uh, it I was just say obedient. Personally. Yeah, yeah. The people he loves, he couldn't love more. Right. Okay. Um, Lawrence. Good question. That's a good uh, one, right? I would. Yeah. I would have to say. Uh, one word. Mm-hmm. Cautious. Oddly, um, he. The thing, <laughs> they had to win over, Lawrence. Um, and everything that... I would say more untrusting. 
untrusting. untrusting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he chose to be exactly where he is. Whenever Day is like, oh, I put you here, he didn't. Day, uh, Lawrence put himself there. Uh, he looked at all the angles. He chose to fall in love with Day. He chose to go around the end of the world. He chose all these things. So, like, his love is earned. You know, like, it's there. It's, I mean, you couldn't. I mean, you can't break a bond. But he, he didn't go into any of this blind. Uh, he, he's very exacting. All right. Boris. Oh, man. Misunderstood. Uh, Lawrence, uh, Boris is one of my most human characters, oddly enough. Uh, he is so willing to help everyone all the time. Uh, he's so human. In fact, he's, he's more human than even Lawrence. Lawrence makes choices that benefit him. Uh, Boris doesn't. Boris only, he self-sacrifices constantly. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, Trevor, a.k.a. Windsor. Well, I mean, you really need me to have one. Yes, one word. one voice. Yes. <sighs> uh, bored. He's bored. Bored? Yeah. He, he lost the thing that gave him reason. Mm. And, uh, but he's too, he's too self-aware to give up. So. Okay. You know, he knows that over a long enough time period, something else will come up to spark his interest. But currently, he's just completely and utterly bored. I think he's searching. For yeah, searching, oh, searching. Yeah. yeah, you know what? That's a better word than bored. Yeah, he's on a constant journey to find a reason, just find something. Okay. Uh, how about Charlie? Charlie. That's Bub. Charlie. No, I know, but oh, that's okay. who's. My favorite way of saying this. Oh, name. okay, sorry. Uh, man, <laughs> he is. <sighs> Give me a word that means that you're holding your breath, expectant. He's already. He expects everything to fail. He's waiting to exhale. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it's not. It's not one word though. Well, almost pessimistic. Yeah, very. I mean, like he just every. No matter how hard he worked, and he works as hard as. Human, literally humanly possible. He's at the pin he was at one point one of the pinnacles where humanity could get without augmentation, and it just wasn't enough. And then after that, it just wasn't enough, and no one took care of him. And it's just, he's just waiting for the other shoe to drop. So no matter where he is, he he does not expect any backup because he's the one that screwed. When he called backup, they all died the first time. When it was his call. And he called and he called in backup. He was wrong. He 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 thinks that he deserves his fate. So when it's raining outside, he looks up and goes, Well, that figures. You know, gotcha. he, 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 <clears throat> he feels like he's earned all of it and no matter all of his misery is his in his in his head. And no matter what he does, he's just looking for that shoe to drop. Okay. Uh, um how about Bub? No comment. Okay. Um, Shine? No comment. Oh, wow. Two in a row. All right. Uh, Sparkle? Sparks? Ah, there we go. Um, she's a daughter of a prize fighter. I mean, right. she that's what she is. Like, she, she had a... She's coming from a lineage. Like, can you imagine being, like, 
like a three i mean you have daughters right gerald yes i mean like you, i'm sure you've picked one of them up when they were tiny like in one hand and been like look at what i've made and just <laughs> and the amount of pride and the amount of just like the gushing father i've heard you talk about your family you know what i mean like there's just so much in you that just is about them and like all of your strength goes completely and utterly towards this incredible thing that you've made like that i mean like she is soaked in it she is she will never have a day of not feeling like she's enough she'll never feel like she said the wrong words i mean she she has a the the luxury of from a mouth from the mouth of a babe truth does lie you know what i mean like she she just whatever she says is correct she's a price fighter's daughter you know what i mean like yeah. that's just what it is and All she's right. not looking for dad to take care of the problems she feels like she can the power he put into her she feels like she can take care of him even at her young age gotcha tell me about ned <laughs> oh ned um sheldon it's something so smart that's smarter than the dad or smarter than the family right but finds it necessary to have the family traits so uh you know what self-aware i mean talk about a perfect way to describe him uh ned understands how different he is than other machines other machines don't want to connect with their father and he's the only thing he can compare himself to is, you know, like a car. He's like, well, you're a machine too. You know, you're a, you know, you have a function, but you, the car doesn't want to get to your destination. The car is just your tool to get to your destination. Where Ned, if he was the car, would actively want to get to the destination for the person driving it. Okay. He's, he's just aware, like in a very, and he's also aware that he's very special. Yuri. Hmm. Uncle. He's, he's, he's the drunken uncle from the prize fighter. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. It's, 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 um, it's overcompensation for what he'd think his brother would, his, uh, grandfather would have liked. You know what I mean? Like he's trying to hold up the traditions trying to hold up what it is to be in the position of taking care of somebody that is no longer there to take care of themselves. Okay. Yes, I mean, from what I've been listening to on all your episodes, it's been a great ride, and I know a lot of hard work that goes into it. Melinda talks about it often off mic, about what she needs to do in order to get that out there, and I see you trying to go ahead again, trying to get everybody in line to go ahead and put it out a great show but the chaos is part of the fun when you oh my you god four, yeah five of you get together oh yeah i mean some of our best episodes have nothing to do with what i've written and we might as well throw the script out of the thing i try to i try to make set pieces and because you don't want a railroad i mean so, there are moments that like you need to hit a certain mark or you need a thing to happen for the rest of your narrative to make sense but the the least the the less you can do that, the better off you're going to be. Uh, but if if you have set pieces, like okay, if they go to this part of the city, this big thing's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like that's not railroading them. They, you know what I mean? Like they chose to go to that part of the city. So um, 
that's you know i mean it's the chaos is usually the best the things that you're laughing at at home have nothing to do with what i've planned that's what how they've walked through it <laughs> there's always the day that uh we all did a rouse check and every single one of us rolled a one that was a day. Yeah, that's, that's no, that's not easy. Uh, there are things like that that just completely take the rug out from underneath you. Um, like, oh, I know that feeling. Yeah, I mean, there are some things that you have to. I mean, you need to let the dice roll the story. So e- even if you're at a point that, like, you know where it's going, if that's if the dice are just not in your favor that day, you you have to let that be, or there's no reason to have dice. You might as well write a book if there's no change and, and the rules don't make any difference. Or, you know, um, in fact, I tried uh, so in season two, uh, killing sober that early was not my intention. Um, at that all. That was incredibly surprising. Yeah, right. At all. I, I had so many plans for sober. Sober <laughs> was doing stuff. And it was just a, a sequence of roles that was, you know what? I, and he dies. If, if that's not true, why are you rolling? Like, if, if the NPC can't die, why are you rolling against his health? Well, I've had those days myself where every roll just seems to go against you. Right. And I know that's so tough when that happens, but it always makes for good entertainment from the other side, that's for sure. Well, that's the idea, man. It, it's a game, and, you know, it, it should mimic real life in a small way of... You were just going to work and got hit by a car. That you know, like it doesn't matter who you or were. Or found a puppy. Or found a puppy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That like you know whatever it was. You know what I mean? Like if if the chance really doesn't have a chance to change your story, I think you're in the wrong medium. Yeah. You know, like that's that's why you're picking up the dice. That's the whenever everyone takes a deep breath. And you're rolling to see if you make it across the bridge. If you were always going to make it across the bridge or if you were never going to make it across the bridge, it's, it's the happy medium or the excitement of not knowing and getting the chance to not just make the choice to cross the bridge as the character, but seeing if you do it successfully. Yeah, I agree on that. I mean, just the, uh, what happens with the result of whatever goes on, right or wrong, good or bad, I mean... It plays out on the show just like it does in real life. And I truly appreciate every single second that I got a chance to go ahead and catch your shows each and every week. I mean, Gerald, what's, what kind of fear, what's the kind of feedback do you get from your, from your audience? We have a small community uh, and uh, they are just thrilled. Um, we're going to try to work with them a little bit more when it comes to maybe doing like one shots for the uh one shots for the community and being able to do stuff like that. In fact, we have some stuff on uh, Rogers game that people, uh, some of those players want to kind of jump into for a roundabout, uh, outrageously positive. You know what? We're not big enough to get negative reviews. <laughs> that's one of the nice things about being. Yeah, a, that's true. I mean, if you're reaching out, no one's reaching out to be like, bro, kick rocks. You suck. People are only reaching out to be like, keep on going and, yeah. Like, I, I can't think, unless wife's been hiding it from me, I, I can't think of one thing that wasn't positive that we've ever heard from anybody that has taken the time to listen to our stuff. Yeah, we haven't really had any any negative stuff. 
And, so. that, and part of that is, is because it's such a small community, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. like, it's really easy to go after a monster, something huge, like, you know, like Critical Role. Like, it's really easy to have, be like, oh, well, that sucks, because look at, look at the height of your pony that you're riding. Like, you know, we, we, from, from our perspective right now, we're just thrilled to talk to people and, you know, like, it, it's just awesome. Like, I, I love where we are right now. Of course, we want to get larger. But um, because who who wouldn't want to be able to make this into a career? But like like our people are so nice to us. Uh, I I can't think of one person that hasn't had has had one negative thing to say. To be completely honest. Well, uh, again, you're not going to hear it from me because you do a great job each and every week. But yeah, from all of us in the community, I think we we owe a collective thank you for all the work that you two put into it. Oh, shut up. You do just as much as work as we do when it comes to oh, everyone's gosh. channel. Yeah, or more. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I this mean, is like, your show. Yeah, but <laughs> we think we think you're pretty too, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, come on. Like, you're helping us out right now, and you do that for everyone. Uh, well, that, I'm glad to do it. I'm glad to do it. Yeah. And it's well worth, worth doing because of what you two do for the show and what you do do as far as Vampires and Vitae and your ads, your promos that I put on every single week when they come up right around the 15-minute mark is it's always too classic. And uh, I'm just glad mm -hmm. to see that you're getting the kind of response from the show that you are getting. Oh, gosh. We need to update those, too, don't we? Okay, we well. still need to update those, don't we? <laughs> Thanks, Gerald. I think it's we're going like to sign off right now. Yeah, I mean, apparently, like I'm going to be up editing for two oh hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's been like a year, yeah. and we've had coming in August for... <laughs> <laughs> no, always good to hear it. Yeah, always yeah. Good. So what do you got going on, man? Let's plug you up for a second. Yeah, What's going on in the pop well, culture cosmos? I, well, again, it, it, I mean, the pop culture cosmos, a lot of great things going on there. I mean, if people get a chance, check out the Facebook page. Not only all week long do they see great role-playing games like Demolition Force on Monday. Mitch does a lot of great stuff on the weekend as far as running his games there. Of course, what you both do with Vampires and Vitae, we, you and I go on the air, Melinda, on Thursday nights for the Friday show. Uh, Josh and I, Josh Peterson and I, come on every Sunday for the Monday show. We cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. If people need to know what's going on in pop culture or want to find out what's going on, all the great stuff, not only do they listen to our shows but each and every week, Pop Culture Cosmos, or catch our shows on video right there for you, but also as well, you can go ahead and check out the latest news and trends as we post it, as it happens every single day. I mean, we list out a ton of articles, a ton of updates that we put out there on the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So if you're really into Marvel or Star Wars or DC or movies or streaming or as Melinda and I are going to talk about for the Monday show, the Oscars, you know, you got to go ahead and check it out. It's entertainment. It's fun. With the crazy world that's going on there, please just go ahead and check it out. I know... For some out there, Facebook or Meta or whatever they're calling themselves this week, it's, it's kind of the old folks' place to go. But still, millions of people still frequent it. If you yeah. have a Facebook account, please go ahead and check it out. You scroll down there as far as on the page itself, you'll find videos, you'll find articles, you'll find a whole bunch of things, interviews, a whole bunch of things there for you that are really keep you entertained and really keep you in the know what's going on in pop culture. Yeah, man, it's not, it's not just the subjects that really, because I obviously I listen to your stuff a lot because my beautiful wife's in your show as well. What really comes through with you when it comes to me specifically is that you, you can just hear the kindness. You can hear that you're, you're just super into what you're talking about. 
and that you're an overall just stand-up human. So if if Eve, even if these aren't the subjects that you're into, listen to this guy ramble on about whatever. He could be talking about how to properly cook an egg. I think I'd still listen. <laughs> it's just a great time. It's yeah. just a lot yeah. of fun that we have, both Josh and myself and Melinda, and, and she's been a great addition. You know, the obviously the things that we would like to do with the shows is is some great ideas and some great things that we would like to ha- see happen for a show. But, you know, we just do, you know, just try to do the best we can to entertain and provide everybody updates and our opinions as well. We provide reviews. We play, you know, the video games that we cover, the shows that we cover, the movies that we cover, everything in entertainment will go off and I'll. I'll talk to people from around the world about pop culture, about various things that come on for guest spots. I have people coming from the other side of the world talking about pop culture, where even the stuff like grilling, like cooking. I, my good friend Ben Arnault. <laughs> I'm just Australia, joking about the eggs, but all right. Yeah, he gives you great ideas on barbecuing, whatever comes on. I mean, just these little things in life. It's entertainment. We don't like to go ahead and hit you with anything political or religious or. Anything that's, t- you know, we leave those to other shows. Yeah. We like to go ahead and just entertain you with our thoughts on what's going on in pop culture. Agreed. Because we know you're talking about it. We know you're watching it. And we know you like to hear other people's thoughts about it. So we just appreciate you stopping by and taking a look at what's going on in the world of pop culture. Oh, man, Gerald. Thank you so much for having us on your show today. Really do appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming on to ours well, and giving us an opportunity to yeah. reflect yeah. while we... Wait for COVID to leave the house. Yeah, no, we'll we'll be better. I'm sorry if my voice wasn't exactly where it needs to be as it normally is, but uh, yeah, we're we're almost good. We'll be back next week. I I'm wishing you both uh, better health. I'm hoping you two are you know on the mend, and I know you two will come back with a stronger episode coming this time next week. All right, man. Love you, brother. Thank you again. Glad to do it. Both of you send out much love to you as both as well. And wishing you two all the best. Thanks, buddy. Hey, and just remember, take a big bite out of life.